things we're going to focus in. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Turn there, would you? Understand the background going on here. Adam and Eve were the sharpest in that evil did not exist in them. If there ever could be a pure definition of how, believe it or not, that God looks at you and me being born again as he looks through the blood of his son, Jesus, it's looking at Adam and Eve. What do you mean, Mike? Adam and Eve knew no evil. When God looks at us, he looks at us like he could look at Adam and Eve because we've been brought back. The curse of the law has been handled through the blood of the cross. And as he looks at us, he can see us as he saw not only Adam and or, or Noah. I get Adam and Eve. Noah's messed up all that. Adam and Eve. But also, he looks at us. Now, you don't feel it. Matter of fact, most of you are going to identify with the consequences because you don't understand, evidently, your position in Jesus. But it's a good position. It's secure. It's forever. It's an eternal position that we have with Christ. Now, for you that still choose to say, believe that you can lose your salvation, I'm not going to address that on the stage today, but I will tell you that if you'll come to my office, if you believe that you can lose your salvation, I'll show you in the Bible where you'll never be able to be saved again. Now, if you want to believe that, go on ahead. It don't matter to me. I choose to believe the book, and the book don't teach that. Is that can, I, can, can I get an amen? amen? Okay. Phew, y'all scaring me. Look at verse 15. I better get out of the book of Psalms, huh? I'm nervous today. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to care for it. Now, if you want to know my opinion of what Terry and Lanny and everybody else, my mama and my daddy, your mama and anybody that you've got going on in the Lord, if you want to know what they're doing They're tending and caring for the Lord's business. Now, you say, well, I just believe that I'm going to be able to take my big toe and stick it in Chili Jordan and dilly and dally in the water the rest of my life. Well, I got news for you. That's not the way it's going to be in heaven. You're going to serve God just like we do here. And that's what everybody up there is doing under the glorious light of heaven. I just had to tell you that. But the Lord God gave a warning. All of us have a warning to us. Not because of the curse of the law, but because of the consequences of a bad choice. Everybody in this house has a tree standing before you. You just do. Now, isn't it cool to only think that you could only have one tree? Adam and Eve was given full rule rule and reign. Anything they so desired, wanted in the appetite 
they could have except this one tree. God says, I'm warning you now. Adam, Eve, you partake of it, and there's going to be consequences. He says, you may eat freely of any fruit in the garden except the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of this fruit, I'm warning you, if you eat of it, you're going to die. Did they die? Yeah. Did they disobey God? Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, and I'm going to break my neck on that cord. When I was a kid, during my childhood years and teen years, I I hate to plaster your image of me, but I was a rascal. As a matter of fact, I, I was beyond a rascal. And now, your perception of me, I hope that it's good, but I probably could tell my story and some of you would top it. You know, there's some things you did I didn't do, I did you didn't do. But there's a whole lot of things I did do. And you know, my daddy and my mama, they got together. And they were together on the discipline. You see, my mama was an investigator. But my daddy was the judge. And in the kitchen, when you open up the cabinet over the dishwasher, there was a piece of paper. And during that week, not just my name, but my two brothers and sisters and brothers, our names were on that sheet. But when we had been rascals, we would get a number by our name. Now, we did everything we could that whole week to try to talk Mama off those marks. Because every mark stood for a whooping, not a spanking, not a whipping, a whooping. Now, I got my share, but I probably needed a whole lot more. But my dad didn't say a whole lot. He let the belt do the talking. But my mama, now, y'all got to meet my mama, some of you. Y'all got to see her. And she ain't the same woman that raised me that y'all met. (laughs) Now, if my mama, and she sits back there, back toward the back, I can see her spot. She would call me out on this after the service, because this is what she'd say. Mike... You just don't remember things. That's the problem. I do remember. She doesn't remember, but I do. That woman had a voice on her and a blood curl voice when she said, Mike! I knew. There was no doubt in my mind when she was calling me for supper or she was calling me when I had messed up and got caught. Because I did a lot of messing up. You know, no one had to tell me. 
No one had to advise me. No one had to instruct me. When it came to that voice, I knew it, and it was very distinctive. The Bible says in Genesis 2, 15 through chapter 3, verse 24, there was a voice. And that voice came walking in the garden and cried out unto Adam and Eve, Where are you? You see, you need, and I believe we just need to understand that in the beginning, it was a perfect planet, perfect pair. Everything was healthy. Everything was happy. Everything was holy. There was no sorrow or sickness, no cancer or crime, no tears or tragedies, no pain or problems. But if you contrast that to today, I have to ask a question. There was some serious stuff in that fruit. And God knew what he was talking about when he told Adam and Eve, don't touch it. It Serious. You know, when we think about these things and we look at this tree, We know that there's a lot of evil in our land. We know that there's a lot of killing and murders and rapes and abortions. And we know all this stuff goes on every day. And all of it is a direct result of what God told them not to do. But you see, I want to take this one step further. I believe... That everybody in here, while you were born with the Adamic nature, and that is different than Adam and Eve had in the beginning, up to verse 5 in chapter 3, they still had what we have today. We have it, they have it. It's called the weakness of a choice. See, Satan took this tree, okay, and he put it in the face of Adam and Eve, just like we're having put in our face, redefining marriage, just like we haven't put in our face about a lot of stuff that we don't agree with, but the enemy knows how to get to us. He knows how to destruct. But he uses other people to do it. He don't do it directly himself. Because here's what Satan did to Adam and Eve with his tree. All he did was this. Now, that wasn't a lot of light. But you, can you see the lights in the tree? You see, Adam and Eve didn't need a lot of light. They just said, oh, my goodness. He sat back and said, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm don't that look good? Ooh. That looks delicious. Now, isn't it weird that God told them they could eat from any tree that he had made, but from the very one, the very... Satan didn't pick on all those that you could eat from. He picked on the one you can't eat from. Now, there's a lot of thou shalt nots and do not in the Bible. 
Some of you may look at that, well, that's just negative and that's just a bunch of rules. But if God said it, it's not. As a matter of fact, if God said in any point in the Bible, don't do it, you would be advised and warned like Adam and Eve, don't touch it. Leave it alone. On vacation. Dadgummit. I just hope I never cuss on the stage. (laughs) My background's going to get me in trouble one day. (laughs) My little granddaughter, she's, is she five or four? She's only three. Dad, can I cut that one? Well, I don't know how old my mama was when she died, so don't feel bad. Well, we were down on the edge of the Daytona Beach water, and I said, Stella, come here. I want to do an experiment. She came up. I said, Stella, kiss me on the cheek. She said, nah. I said, all right, then. Don't kiss me on the cheek. Don't you do it. Don't you dare. And guess what I got? Kiss on the cheek. Three years old. There it is. Now, I love my grandbaby, and she don't know what the there it is like you know what the there it is is. It's a tree. It's a tree of disobedience. Now, I got to be careful and not do that a lot because I'll get in trouble with them because we don't want to teach our kids to grow up doing the opposite of what we say, right? Especially when we say don't do it. You know, my kids, Joe and Josh, they're good boys. But, boy, when we was in that other sanctuary, my kids were small like some of y'all's are. And I'm up here preaching, and my wife is somewhere in the congregation, and the kids were sitting on the front row. I'll never forget this. And I reversed my discipline. Some of you go, one, two, three, and you count to 20 or something. And then you bust them. I said, you know what? They got 19 tries. And I got to count 19 before I get to 20. So you know what I decided? By golly, when it's one, I'm going back to daddy's rule. You're getting a whooping, one. And while I was preaching, that was easy. I'll never forget one Sunday, Saturday, Josh, or Sunday, Josh was on the front row, and he just run his mouth about something. And I went, and I'll tell you right now. Oh, he knew what that meant. Nobody else did. He started flea bargaining, please, Daddy, please, Daddy, take it off, take it off, take it off. And I used to do that. I knew exactly what he was doing. And I said, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't what? Oh, man. I run his whole day at church. Because he knew he was going to get busted twice. Well, you see, God sometimes don't throw out, I'm going to whip you the first time or the second time. He just don't do that. But when it comes, you know it. You see, what God is trying to tell us, I believe, is that we need to understand that while our world has gone south, He wants us to stay strong. But if we don't, if we fail to listen to the uh, voice of, if we fail to do God's will, if we fail to listen to Him, if we fail to obey God, now I tripped over again. If we fail, 
there's certain consequences according here in the Bible that's going to take place. Let's look at them. Number one, when we fail to listen to God, number one, we will begin to listen to wrong voices. The Father said, don't what? Touch it. Don't eat it. Matter of fact, keep your eyes off of it. What did Satan say? Help yourself. God's not going to do anything to you. Now, Damascus Road guys and myself, we talk about this every once in a while. And and ain't none of us need to be sent nowhere, but we hear voices. We admit it, right, guys? We hear voices. But you know what? It ain't just them. You do, too. And you know what that voice is most of the time? It's the wrong voice. And let me tell you how to make the distinction. God's voice will shoot you straight. Satan or any of his crowd's voice will shoot you in the foot. He will do everything he can to focus you on the light and the goodness and the beauty of your tree. Not everything that looks good is good for you. It may be what you want, but directly opposite of what God wants. And if you don't listen, I guarantee you before long, You'll be listening to a voice that will lead you in all kind of directions. You see, Satan knew this. God knew this, but Satan knew it too. That we all have a weak place in the foundation, and it's called the free moral choice of man. You see, I don't believe that God preordained or predestined for some to be saved and some to be lost. I don't believe that God has all this wound up, and we're just acting robots, and you don't have to worry. You, you, you know, you're going to get where you're supposed to be. Let me tell you something. You can make decisions and choices, and many of you have, that have brought you to failure. Now, you don't have to stay in failure. You can take that failure and build a strong foundation from it. But if you stay in it, it'll wreck your life. So understand that when we be fail to listen to God, we will oftentimes listen to voices that say things ain't right. Number two, when we fail to listen to God, we will easily be deceived. Remember, Eve knew what she was told But then when she started dialoguing with the devil, which I'll quickly tell you, if Satan gets in a conversation with you or a demon gets in a conversation, you break it off. I have not yet met one person that's strong enough spiritually to win in a conversation with the enemy. Let Jesus do it. You just claim it under the blood and say, you know what, I ain't listening to this junk. Say, or Jesus, you take care of it. But if you get to trying to do some of that stuff, you're going to get in trouble. Look at the seven sons of Sceva. Be careful now because demons are real. The spirit world and the evil world is real. It's as real as God himself. And I believe God has 
won over it, but let God do the... But the Bible says that the battles that we face are God's, not ours. And we need to let him fight them. There was a Sunday school teacher who was examining her pupils, and after a series of lessons on the omnipotence of God, she asked a question. Now that we've studied all this about the greatness of God, is there anything God can't do? And everybody sat there like a bump on the log, except one little boy. His name was Sammy. Sammy raised his hand and said, Teacher, teacher, I know there's one thing God can't do. Teacher was kind of down and out because she thought the whole class would They've been studying it so long, and she said, all right, Sammy, what is it that you have learned that God can't do? He said, I believe that God can't please everybody. Now, think about that. Isn't that what happened to Eve? Isn't that what happens to you when you mess up? God says, don't do it. You say, looks good to me. Matter of fact, it looks real good. Think I'll have a bite. You see, what happens is you and I, when we, we're not listening to God and not doing what God says to do, you'll be easily deceived because you're listening to wrong voices, and those wrong voices are not going to lead you straight. Thirdly, When you and I fail to listen to God, we are expressing our own independence. That is, we're expressing our own own pride. Most of the time, what gets us in more trouble than anything else is our pride. Somebody gets in your face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, you just, you just, you just want to bow up, don't you? That's your pride. Your pride. Somebody don't agree with you. You just, you just, it's your pride. Man, when I learned that I didn't have to give you an answer if I didn't want to, I learned that I don't have to be drug into everybody's battle. I don't have to be drug into every little skirmish going on. I just don't. But you see, some of you like to win, and your win comes to battles and arguments even between you and your husband and wife. You don't have to win. Sometimes you just need to be happy. Quit worrying about winning man went to the preacher one time, and he said, man, there's some terrible stuff going on in my life, preacher. I need some advice. He said, what's going on? He said, my wife said she's going to poison me. The <laughs> preacher backed up and said, what? My wife said she's going to poison me. He said, I'll tell you what, let me talk to her, and I'll get back with you. So he had a, called her up on the phone, talked to her about three hours, and a week later, he decided, you know, he's going to give him a call, and he he called the man. He said, you know what? Do you want some advice? He said, absolutely. You know I need advice. That's why I called you. He said, all right, here it is. Take the poison. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. There's some things that women and men, when they get into certain things, it don't matter, do or die. You're going to do what you're going to do. You see, when it came to Eve... She had been warned, she had been told, she had been taught, but yet do or die, she was going to eat that fruit. And you know what? Some of you have a tree standing right before you right now. And do or die, you're going to disregard 
what God says about it. You better listen to what God said. Because when you fail, you're acting on your own pride. Fourthly, when you fail to listen to God, you'll begin to make decisions that appeal to your own flesh. You know, verse 6 says, The woman was convinced the fruit looked so fresh and delicious and it would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit and then she also gave some to her husband. And he ate it too. There's the direct disobedience. And I don't guess there's anybody in here that hadn't disobeyed their parents one time or another and, and even disobeyed God one time or another. But you know, when you disobey Him, when you fail to listen to Him, you will begin to act on your flesh and what you feel like you ought to do. You know, my wife's pretty, she's a pretty woman. And at work, there's guys all the time. When I'm, she, uh, I'm sure she sees it, but I'm walking down with her, and they're eyeballing her. They ain't looking at me. <laughs> and I know that most likely, because she don't run home and tell me all this, I don't think she has to, but if she wanted to, she could. Probably men fix her coffee. Maybe not. But I bet you they wish they could. But some of you are having your coffee, ladies, fixed by other men. Now, there's one thing I did correct that every morning. I get up and fix her a cup of coffee and try to get it in there to her. So when she goes to work, she won't say, well, my husband didn't pick me. <laughs> now, these guys take it one step further. They go, well, that's a nice outfit you're wearing today. Uh, matter of fact, you look beautiful. Now, you know that that's true because he's had men, some men tell her that. But the problem is not the other men doing it. It's when I don't. Listen to this, guys. This is marriage 101. When they're getting all this attention at work and you're not giving them any attention and when maybe when you were dating, boy, you opened the door and you, you know, you did all this wonderful stuff and you actually wore deodorant then and smelled good. <laughs> but now you burp, poop, and, and where's my, where my supper? Boy, you're a dummy. You ain't learned nothing and you never will if that's the way you think. You got to understand that Satan knows when it ain't right at the house how to set it up at work. You hearing me? And some of you may be facing that tree right now, and you could call that man by name, or you could call that lady by name. And right now, it's just a temptation. Chapter 3, verse 5 says this. Adam and Eve had not sinned, but they had been tempted up to verse 5. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to transgress. Do you get, do you get my drift? You see, Satan has a threefold plan, plan. And it's always the same, same today. He showed Eve the tree and turned the light on. He said, it's good for food. That involves your appetite. That involves your... Physical desires, the lust of the flesh. You know, I'm going to take it up with the Father when I get there, but 
I wish when I got saved, even though everything is under the blood and, and Jesus has forgiven me, I wished he had taken away every fleshly wrong decision that a person could make. The only problem with that is he'd be removing your free will. And so he wants you to choose to follow him. The second thing we see is that it was pleasant to the eyes, which involves fashion and beauty, and it involves the appealing to emotional desires. Now, look, guys, women are different not because they want to be. God made them that way, and he connected them with emotions. When you kill the big buck, man, you're measuring the antlers, and you're measuring the weight, and it don't bother you about blood or somebody died. It just means good night. Well, your wife's sitting over crying. You just killed baby. You see the real connection of women emotionally when they go shopping. You go in looking for a shotgun bite, and you're ready to go. If you're like me. Now, some of you are wired. You men are wired a little different, but I don't understand you. <laughs> but you take my wife. If she goes into Bass Pro... She has to emotionally connect to most everything she sees. Doggone, there's a lot of things in Bass Pro. And a woman will pick up something, and she just don't look at it. She's got a bond with it. <laughs> now, I'm okay with that to a point, but when you don't buy it and you put it down, and then you spend three hours bonding elsewhere, and you go back and buy that, you've done mess me up. We will never understand your emotional side. Don't expect us to. You can cry when we don't know why you're crying. You can do all these things, and we just know you're wired on both sides of your brain emotionally. And we are not going to try to figure that out because we have brain damage. (laughs) Half of our brain is dead. It's not connected, especially to the emotional side of the body. Satan knows all that, too. Third thing is the desire, it's <laughs> the desirable for gaining knowledge. It's, it's, it's the pride of life. It's wanting to, to know all we can know. Well, God believes, I believe that he told Eve and Adam all they needed to know. But Satan proved to her that she needed more, and she wasn't satisfied then with what just she had. She had 99.9, and it was 0.9 that took us is all that. So if he can do that with a perfect person, can I ask you a question? What the heck do you think he's going to do with you? Because one thing I'm not, perfect. One person that's in me that is, is Jesus. But sometimes I don't always like you do what Jesus says do either. And Adam and Eve came down, and they knew nothing of what evil was like. We could tell them some stuff about evil, couldn't we? They didn't know anything about it. Fourth, uh, fourthly, right? Or fifthly? Fifthly. When we fail to listen to God, we begin to make excuses for our wrong. Listen to Eve. Adam said, or listen to Adam. Adam blamed both Eve and God for his sin. Verse 12. The woman thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. How often we try to say, 
He made me do it. It was his fault. There's not one sin that I've ever committed that I can blame on Cindy. But Adam blamed twice. He blamed God and Eve. He said, God, (laughs) you made that thing. You brought that thing unto me. I was alone. I was all by myself. It's your fault. You wired her, not me. (laughs) He blamed Eve for giving it to him. (laughs) On the way back, I don't even know if I can set this thing up. You can see this or not. But I was half asleep, and I jumped on Cindy. Cindy was driving, and here comes this big old chunk of rubber right in the middle of the tire. She said, oh, my gosh. And she ran over the middle of it. I said, don't hit that. (laughs) But then when I looked at it, we were over in the far right-hand lane. There was a car right beside us. Where's she going to go? And I was trying to explain to her, under these cars this day and time, it's plastic. And when you hit stuff like that, it tear it up. She said, I, I understand all that, but where was it going to go? She... <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Woo. Eve said, it's the devil's fault. Listen to verse 13. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Y'all, how many of you are old enough to have watched coming up Blip Wilson? Raise your hand. Woo! The devil made me do it. Y'all remember that? There's not one sin, one transgression, one thing that you can blame on the devil. You can't. All of you right now have a tree standing before you, and Satan is lighting it up. If you choose not to listen to God, thou shalt not or do not, it's your fault. Your, it's on you. Your choice. So understand, whatever it might be, whether it be addiction, whether it be affliction, whether it be unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it might be, it's all on you. You can either listen to God and come under His reign and power, or you can do your own thing, and God's warning us of that. People do not sin because they have to. They sin because they want to. Understand that. If Satan were cast in the lake of fire today, He's not in the lake of fire. In that song, it talks about sending him back to hell. That sounds good, but you can't send him back to hell because he's here. And he can slide on up to heaven when he wants to. I don't understand that. I just know he can't. But you see, when it comes to Satan, if he was out of here, everybody in this room would still be doing choosing something, whether he's around or not. So understand, we've got the power. We've we've got everything we need in Jesus, but we have to say what? No. You got to say no. All right. Number six, when we fail to listen to God, we'll make or suffer the consequences. 
Now, we pretty well hit that pretty hot and heavy, so I'm, I'm going to just leave that one to, to you. But I got to tell you about a dude named Smith. He climbed to the mount, top of the mountain, Mount Sinai, talking to God. And looking up there and, you know, just wanting to see, some, just ask God some questions, he said, God, what does a million years mean to you? The Lord said, a minute. He said, all right then. What does a million dollars mean to you? He said, a penny. Man said, God, can I please have a penny? He said, yeah, in a minute. <laughs> well, there is not any amount of money in the world, not any amount of money in the world that was worth giving in to the fruit that Adam and Eve did. And while you may sit there and figure out that this is the best thing for you or, or whatever it might be, if it is not listening to God's voice for your life, it's wrong. It'll never be right. And then last of all, <clears throat> when we fail to listen to God, others around us will get hurt. Do you know why you're here today? Do you know why you're here today? You're here today because Adam and Eve partook. Uh huh. You know why you're saved today? Because Adam and Eve blew it. And the only way that you and I can be saved is accept what God sent. Perfect plan. But it's the alternative to a fallen man, to a man or a woman who are lost in darkness, they need to be brought into the marvelous light. And that can only happen when we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. L listen to this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's men, horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Someone put it like this. Jesus Christ came to our wall. Jesus Christ died for our fall. He slew Queen Death and he crushed King Sin. And through grace, he put us back together again. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You better be glad that when you get saved, you're under the grace of God. Because every one of you have this tree. It's called the free will choice. And I don't know what your weak link is. I don't know what it is that Satan is tempting you with. Because if it's a temptation, he knows you have a weakness. If you're being tempted, understand this about your enemy. He already knows you're weak in that area. Or he wouldn't even waste his time. Now, what is it? God came walking just like my mama's voice. Mike, where are you? I'm right here, mama. Well, God came and said, Adam, Eve, where are you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you? Have you eaten from that tree I told you not to? When we give in. And some of you are on the verge of doing that. When we give in to the forbidden fruit, 
you will feel like a lost puppy. And the only thing going to get you back in fellowship on a daily basis, I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about your fellowship daily, is 1 John 1, 9 says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from our sins and to forgive us from all unrighteousness. With your heads bowed.